Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. Are you looking for something to do this weekend? Well, if you're listening in eastern Washington or northern Idaho, you really ought to head to the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. It's going off at the Spokane Fair and Events Center through Sunday. And I'll tell you what, this show is back. It is chock full of exhibitors. Love seeing all the kids and all the great kid-friendly activities they have there. And there's after-hours events, too. As a matter of fact, if you're listening on Saturday, you might want to take part in the Crave event where you can sample some wonderful food and then spend the rest of the evening dancing and listening to some nice music. And Sunday is Family Day, where you can bring the whole family and get in for a great discount. All sorts of exhibitors are there. There's some great seminars, too. If you want to train a gun dog, R.J. Marquardt with Quicksilver Kennels is, is giving several seminars on that subject. And there's all sorts of other seminars covering fishing and hunting, too. So head on down to the Spokane Fair and Event Center for the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. You won't regret it. And like me, you're probably going to have all sorts of fun when you get there. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got a great lineup for you, and it's all from audio we recorded at the Washington Sportsman Show and also the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. We're going to start things off in just a few minutes talking to David and David, the hosts of the Ridgeline Hunting Podcast, and we'll also introduce you to the author of a new book that'll inspire you to get outdoors and maybe mentor others to do the same. Eric Arnold joins us for an extended Max Minute. He is a tournament bass angler, and he's going to help me and hopefully you catch bass during the early spring months when the water is cold. It is not an easy thing to do this time of year. After that, we'll talk to Gibson Doney. He is the new owner of Chad's Coastwide Sports Fishing. If you listen to the show for a while, you know that I went to Port Hardy in Vancouver Island several times over the last few years to experience the great salmon, halibut, and lingcod fishing they offer there. Gibson has bought out the former host, Chad Calder, but good news, things are staying exactly the same, and that's a good thing because Chad had a really good thing going, and I have no doubt Gibson will too. You'll hear all about these affordable and great fishing adventures right after the bottom of the hour. Right after that, we'll talk to Shane Magnuson. He is the owner of Upper Columbia Guide Service. He is known as one of the best salmon fishing guides on the Columbia River, and he is also known for being a man who loves to use scent and brine, and he's got a whole bunch of scents he has bought and that he's selling. He'll tell you all about them. After we talk to Shane, we'll check in with Ryan Sparks. He's a friend of mine who is a very good tournament bass angler. He's only half my age, but he is twice as good as I'll ever be as a bass angler. And he is the tournament director for the Oregon Bass Nation. He'll tell you what that tournament circuit's going to look like this year, and you're invited to participate. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, where you get a chance to win a $25 gift card from America's Premier Outfitter. And I'd say we've got another great show coming your way. So let's get it started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks brought to you by the Ag Information Network of the West. Shed hunters, think twice about winter ranging animals before heading out. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Just because snow might be melting does not mean that winter is over for elk and deer. 
For lots of folks, shed hunting is a popular activity and an exciting remedy for cabin fever. Armed with nothing more than a good set of eyes, looking for a deer or elk's shed antlers in late winter and early spring is a highly accessible hobby for those squirming like bird dogs for the next outdoor adventure. Shed hunting's accessible for all types of folks, hunters and non-hunters alike, youngsters, etc. But fish and game official Roger Phillips has a bit of a caveat. Hunting for shed antlers off deer and elk is a pretty popular activity, but those shed antlers come from, guess what, David? Deer and elk. And those things are still on down on wintering grounds and... People like to get on those things, obviously, when they first drop, but those animals still need some time to get through winter, and we really appreciate it if folks just kind of postpone that activity till a little later in the year, give those animals a chance to start moving back up into the high country when they're in a little better shape, and then, yeah, go grab those antlers. Thank you, Roger. And enjoy a day outdoors and maybe come home with a natural, that's all natural, prize. When Pythium threatens your cereal crops and your yield potential, the best offense is a good defense. Protect against yield-robbing Pythium damage with Viantis, a fungicide seed treatment with the most powerful mode of action against even the most resistant Pythium strains. For stands that deliver, trust Viantis from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. When you're a rancher, you learn to listen to the land. It's a silent partnership. Invest wisely. It'll pay off for the long haul. Rejuva Herbicide can restore your rangeland with up to four years of cheatgrass control. That means greener pastures with three and a half times the perennial grass production. Your land is calling for improved grazing capacity and a stronger bottom line. Answer at rejuva.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Rejuva is a trademark owned by Environmental Science, USLLC, or one of its affiliates. Not all products are registered in all states. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got more audio for you recorded at the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup. And, you know, I've come to a realization. I am no longer that wide-eyed, eager beaver, young outdoors writer and young radio broadcaster anymore. No, I'm a grizzled vet. Some would even say I'm a curmudgeon at this point. And that's why it's important to have the next generation that's coming up behind me to share the outdoors with a voice that's going to resonate with the younger generation as well. And that's why I've got three people here today that are doing just that. That would be David Sandana and David Crane. They host a podcast called the Ridgeline Hunting Podcast. We've also got Dustin Delorier, who is the author of a new book, Student of the Woods. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Glad to be here. So David and David, old band, by the way, one of my favorite bands from the 80s. We're going to start off with you. Again, going back to the curmudgeon here, folks, dating myself. Tell our listeners a little bit about, well, your podcast. Well, it's a hunting and fishing podcast. Also, we talk about the outdoors and bringing up our children in fishing in the outdoors and hunting and everything. David Sandana, how old are you two? It's a secret, for one. <laughs> I don't want to be the curmudgeon. Uh, we're both 41. Really? 
You're yeah. way better preserved than I am. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't start out looking like this. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're both from the 80s as well. You know, so that's another thing. Yeah, I started out with Dave doing this podcast. It's been about a year now. My background, I was hunting since I was a teenager, raised in a single-parent home. My buddy's dad took me out, and I hung out with them. We did cotton T-shirts, Wrangler camo clothes from Walmart and Kmart, and we just went out and hit the woods. As I grew older, I became a Washington State Master Hunter, bow hunter education instructor, Washington hunter safety educator, and... Um, that was until I had children. So at that point, I reprioritized and kind of came into the family life, and all those other activities had to take the side. But our children are a little bit older, so we can do this podcast together. It sounds like you were primarily a deer hunter, and are you primarily a, a blacktail deer hunter? Well, growing up in western Washington, we have a lot of blacktail. They're hard to get, though. So right. now I really love hunting mule deer and whitetail because the areas you, you get to go hunt, you get to see a lot further, and there's a spot-and-stock aspect that's a little more involved. But uh, over here, we're, we're looking for blacktail deer, yeah. Primarily focus on buying something at the store. I wanted to go out, learn how to hunt, and provide for my family for myself. Yeah, that was it. No, you know, it's, it's really interesting you doing that. I'm associated with backcountry hunter and anglers, and you're seeing a lot of people just like you that are getting into hunting as adults, and they're getting into it for exactly that harvest-to-table reason that you're doing. I mean, it's the healthiest meat around. Yep. Uh, you know, definitely no preservatives when it comes to, to harvesting a buck, that's for sure, or a doe for that matter. So let's talk a little bit more about what folks are going to hear when they're hearing your podcast. Why don't you go through a couple of your recent episodes, David? Uh, well, one of our most recent episodes, we had a discussion about Sasquatch. You know, that's the Northwest folklore. You can listen to that and see what you think. Uh, we'll talk about elk hunting calls. We talk about uh, different things we use in the field. And then we just kind of give perspective on and what it's like to be there and how things worked out and the things you could do to make things work better in your favor. Do you ever cover other hunting besides big game, David Crane? Yeah, actually, we talk about waterfowl hunting, turkey hunting, which we love turkey hunting. So here in the next few months, it's going to be pretty much all on turkeys. We have Dirk Durham that's going to be on talking about turkeys. That's a whole nother another deal but yeah we hunt everything and we fish dang near everything too so okay so it's not just a hunting podcast there's fishing too hunting and fishing that's right is it all washington state based since you all live in western washington i would say 98 percent of it is yes but we do fish over in florida we've hunted florida and we do plan on branching out of washington but I would say 98% of it is Washington State. Well, that's okay. We've got 19 different markets here in Washington State, and I know that there's people in those markets who really want to hear this. David Sandana, what else do you want to say? Yeah, I wanted to add to the podcast, um, the duck hunting is a big thing for me, and I know a lot of people love it. I, we, I've talked about it several times on there. We've had a Washington State duck guide on our podcast talking about you know the harvesting and, and stuff and there's a whole bunch of technical information in there but we also talk about squid jigging we talk about crabbing salmon fishing's huge you know we do crabbing from the puget sound to the coast and then we do the squid jigging take the kids out clam digging and there's so many things you can do that it's just endless so we will cover these things as the seasons get closer in um, anticipation of doing these type of activities all right, that's the Ridgeline Hunting Podcast. As you just heard, it's about a lot more than hunting ridgelines. It's about all sorts of hunting and all sorts of fishing, too. Based in Washington State, check it out on any podcast platform near you. How often do you drop? We drop every Monday morning, so it's Monday morning at 5 a.m. 
Now you know when to look for it. Next, Dustin Delorier. Let's talk about your new book, Student of the Woods. What's this all about? Well, it's a collection of stories of hunting trips with my father and friends. And what's really interesting and cool about the book is it shows the transition between learner to practitioner to teacher. And by the end of it, I take a couple guys out and show them how to do it. And those guys actually happen to be adult onset hunters, such as David Crane from the Ridgeline Hunting Podcast. And it was really cool how excited one of them would get when I was writing the book and showing him some of my chapters, he got really stoked about the outdoors and big game hunting. So I took him out, and he's actually in uh, the Death Valley chapter of the book. And he, for the first time, harvested a deer just last late season. Oh, that's fantastic. Do all of the hunts in your book take place here in Washington State as well? Yeah, mostly just because of convenience and cost. You know, to travel outside of state, there's it just gets exponentially more expensive. And so a lot of that just is right here in Washington State. What kind of honey do you like to do the most? I like all of it. I think if I had to say I prefer one thing over the other, it's going to be elk. It's just more fun because they're super interactive. Whereas if I was going to hunt like a blacktail or even a whitetail or muley, they don't really, in my opinion, respond to calls the same way. And when it comes to elk, are we talking Rocky Mountain elk east of the Cascades, or are we talking the Roosevelt elk that you find in southwest Washington and the Olympic Peninsula? Mm -hmm. So in the book, I've actually got two different stories that touch on both. I live on the west side, so mostly it's going to be your rosies. But I definitely want to get over to the east side and do some more of that. Just because the lay of the land is different, it's easier to hunt. It is, though I will tell you, and you're well aware, our east side elk herds in Washington State aren't doing nearly as well as they used to for a number of reasons. So, you, you know, the Willapa Hills still probably the best place in the state to go if you want to harvest an elk. Right, yeah, that's, I mean, very true. Um, it, but, you know, even though the west side might have some stronger herds, they're harder to find. <laughs> That's true. It is a little thicker in your neck yeah, of the woods. Sure. That is for sure. What else should folks know about Student of the Woods and where can they buy your book? Okay, so the baseline premise of the book is Student of the Woods. So as you read it, you're going to see an overarching theme of student to practitioner to teacher, right? Well, in the back of the book, the last five chapters is my philosophy is based on lessons learned. What you should take away from the book is uh, if you have that curiosity about the outdoors or what hunting's like for someone who grew up in it, that's the book for you. It's going to be a light read. In fact, most of the time I'm getting customers saying that I wish there was more. If you want to find it, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Baby Bookshop. It's $18.99. There is an ebook available for $4.99, and I'm still working on an Audible version. So, Student of the Woods by Dustin Delorier. Look for it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online platforms. And maybe you will become a student of the woods and a mentor as well after reading this. Looking forward to the next book you come out with. Looking forward to listening to your podcast, gentlemen. Great to see the generation behind me is doing so well sharing the outdoors with like-minded individuals. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. This was fun. Thank you. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. 
Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallowa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallowa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallowa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallowa County. Plan your visit today at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute, brought to you by Max Lure. With us is a rep for Max Lure, who is also a tournament bass angler, Eric Arnold. Eric, it's great to have you back on the air. Good morning, John. You know that I am an aspiring tournament bass angler. At least I'm aspiring to one day cash a check. But for me, early spring has always been a difficult time for me to catch bass. What can I do to do better in that regard? So early spring is going to bring you either clear water, muddy water, or cold water. A lot of it's cold and dirty. Dirty water warms up faster than clear water. So I usually target dirty water in a lake, especially that has runoffs, stuff running into the lake that will dirty the water up. It also camouflages you. Bright colors like chartreuse. Carolina rigging works great in there. A lot of people stop doing Carolina rigs and and, um, lizards. I'll throw a chartreuse smile blade, a small smile blade give it more vibration plus it gives them a target and that's also on the, on the head of the lizard so you got your hook right there so that would be a perfect way to uh attract the fish and get them to bite you know on the carolina rig i've always thought that you fish this very slow very subtly though i ran across another bass angler who's got a lot of tournament experience says no i fish it pretty fast sometime what do you like to do in the early spring slow Slow will be good, but sometimes they get aggressive, so the fish will dictate how they want to, you know, receive the bait. If you got it, I would say the heavier weight, something that's gonna gonna make sound, put a glass bead on there, a clacker, pull it across. It's gonna attract a lot of fish. They're gonna hear it. Crawdad make quite of a clicking sound on the bottom, so they're gonna come over anyway. So what I recommend. In murkier water, you want to go to a shorter leader, maybe a foot maximum, maybe down to eight inches, and that way they can find it because they're going to key in on the clacking noise and they're going to hit that weight, and so they'll see the bait behind it. But if you have too long a leader, they won't hit it, and you're just going to get them biting the weight all the time. Great advice that'll help you and me catch more bass during the early spring months when they can be really tough to catch. Eric, thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks, John. That's the sound you hear when a fish hits the new Sonic bait fish from Max Lure Company. This metal lure can be cast, trolled, or jigged, and will catch just about anything that swims in the sea, the river, or the lake. The Sonic bait fish has a unique vibration and flutter that can be rigged in seven different ways. With all sorts of eye-catching colors and weights available, you'll be reaching for the Sonic bait fish as your go-to lure. It's the Sonic bait fish. Only from Max Lure Company. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. A seafood bounty is waiting for you on Northwest Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Catch a limit of big salmon, haul up a pot of delicious crab, plan your visit today at TillamookCoast.com. 
Then just as we were about to give up and go home, I felt a tug on my rod like none I'd known. It was ominous, like a monster from the deep. I say, this is the one I believe I'll keep. Fish You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got more audio for you recorded at the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. And one booth I'm always happy to see here is the booth that belongs to Chad's Coastwide Sports Fishing, located in Port Hardy. And if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know that is one of my favorite places to go, one of my favorite places to fish. And Chad has hosted me several times over the years. But this time... Chad is not here. As a matter of fact, Chad has sold Coastwide Sports Fishing to one of his longtime guides, Gibson Doney. Gibson, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your fishing experience? I've been fishing on the coast since I was legally allowed to as a guide, probably 18 years old. And yeah, it's been kind of something that I've been super passionate about since I've been able to fish, really. And how did this opportunity come about that you were able to purchase uh, essentially the fleet and the business? just chad offered it to me in the last year and a bit just i think he was time to move on and he busy with other stuff and wanted to pass it on to somebody that he thought was capable of running his same operation and the same uh, hospitality we've been offered for the last 17 years and folks i don't think i've ever said this about chad calder before but when he is not operating as the boss of chad's coastwide sports fishing you'll find him in vancouver and vancouver is to canada what hollywood is to the united states and chad does all sorts of behind the scenes work there and it is a a full-time job for many months of the year yeah it is he's quite busy throughout the last two summers he hasn't really been up much and that's where i've been kind of stepping in and helping him run the show and keep it going as you know he's always had it So COVID posed some challenges in terms of bookings, in terms of just trying to operate. You guys made it through it. That makes me happy. How many boats are you going to be running this summer? Yeah, so we went from two during COVID to we have back to four again, and uh, it's been great. Same business as usual from pre-COVID. And are you fishing the Grady Whites again? Yeah, you bet. We still have the four Grady Whites. I love the Grady Whites. They're some of the most comfortable boats to fish off of and just perfect for fishing there out of Port Hardy. Yeah, they're a great haul. No complaints whatsoever. They seem to run through the slop pretty good. Let's talk about how your operation works. Again, it's been a while since we've had anybody from Coastwide Sports Fishing on the air because it's not like a normal lodge operation at all. And because of that, folks, it's a lot more economical, too. So if somebody drives to Port Hardy or flies to Port Hardy, where are they going to be staying? Yeah, so we put our clients up at Glen Lion Hotel. It's a 30-second walk to the marina every morning. And the way our program works is that uh, all meals and drinks are included. Non-alcoholic drinks are on you guys, of course. But yeah, it's you get a meal ticket for dinners. Uh, you just give them to the four restaurants that we use uh, in town. They know the program. They get uh, We charge the food to us. And then on the boats for lunch, you get a nice homemade sandwich that I pick up fresh every morning. And there's a breakfast sandwich with you guys on the boat as well. And you're back at 3.30 every day and do it all over again. Being back at 3.30, you actually have time to explore the town too. And there is some things definitely worth seeing in Port Hardy, but we'll save that for another time. This time we're going to focus on the fishing. But before we do, I do want to mention two things. Number one, the Glen Lion Inn, very comfortable accommodation. Uh, you're going to have a waterfront room and again... It's literally 30 seconds away from the fleet that you're going to be fishing with. Number two is the restaurants. So the Glen Lion Inn has a pub and it has decent food there. In fact, I'd say better than decent food. Uh, What are the other restaurants that you have? 
So we also have a new Chinese food restaurant that's phenomenal. This year's really, really good. Just came up in the last year. And then we have Sporty Bar, which everybody probably knows. It's a great, super consistent, maybe just be a little bit patient for the food. It sometimes takes a little bit to come out, but it's always fantastic food and good service. And what's the fourth one? The fourth one would be uh, Sito's, the Chinese food restaurant up on the hill. They'll do fresh cooked fish. Like if you bring a rockfish in or lingcod, they'll cook it there for you. Oh, wow. And you know, folks, Port Hardy, it's kind of like a frontier town. It's literally as far north as you can drive on Vancouver Island. And after that, there are no more roads that you can drive on. So it's the end of the highway. It's the end of the road. Uh, The town definitely has this edge of the frontier feel. But the food is amazing. And the sporty bar is some of the best food I have ever had. You never expect to find such great table fare as you're going to find at the sporty bar and these other places sound good too but back to the fishing every morning you're going to get on your boat and it's just you and the people that you book with you're not going to be put with strangers are you no it's all private charters fully guided our guides are very personable most of the time they actually become friends with the clients at the end of the trip that's absolutely true. I have very fond memories of fishing with Brian Ramage, and he's one of my favorite people in the world. I only wish he was fishing with you again. So in the mornings, generally, you start off with the salmon, don't you? Yeah, it depends on the weather, too, right? It changes every week or so, even to the day it can change. But uh, for the most part, we start salmon first and then move to halibut during the day. And then on the way home, we try to hit the lingcod and the rockfish. Let's talk a little bit about salmon and timing. If you're after Big Chinook, or if you're after lots of salmon, or if you're after coho, what times of year should you be booking if you're fishing in the north end of Vancouver Island? So if you guys want to come and target your bottom fish, so lingcod, halibut, rockfish, I would come in June. It's typically very good, with the opportunity of obviously salmon fishing as well. They're just maybe not the same size differences you were going to get in middle week of August to the middle of July kind of thing. That four-week stretch is going to get you some decent-sized Chinook for sure. And then the coho starts showing up in the last week of July all the way to the end of August. It can be very good. Do you know what the limits are going to be yet this year? It's hard to say. It changes, but it's definitely going to be two Chinook per day, and you're allowed a two-day possession limit on your way home. Halibut, I have heard grumblings that it might stay the same. It might change. I don't know. DFO seems to change their mind every year on the halibut quota, but it'll be the same as as good fishing as all the other previous years for that. And lingcod is uh, three lingcod per day and three rockfish per day. Bottom line is you're going to go home with all sorts of fish. And do you still have them vacuum packaged and packed up ready for customs through Hardy Boys? Absolutely, yeah. We send all our fish up to Hardy Boys. They do pound and a half vacuum packed flash frozen and they provide a superior product for you guys on your uh, trip home. Bottom line, folks, all-inclusive vacation, and here's the best part, the price point. What is the pricing for a group of two and a group of three? Forty-one ninety-five for two people for three days of fishing, four nights accommodation, and for three people for three days, four nights is twenty-nine ninety-five per person. And you can basically take 30% off that price. These are Canadian dollars. So that forty-one ninety-five is going to be a lot closer to $3,200, $3,300 at the end of the day. And that is really affordable for a trip of this caliber. Again, all-inclusive. If you just want to go up with a buddy and have a great time catching a whole bunch of fish, bringing them home, making friends, seeing new sites, enjoying good food, you really need to go to coastwide sports fishing the website to go to coastwide sportsfishing.com that's coastwide sportsfishing.com i've been there multiple times i've loved it you will too gibson wishing you the best as the new owner thank you very much appreciate it
I'm guessing all of this talk about good food and halibut and salmon and lingcod is probably giving you some cravings for some fresh seafood. Well, hopefully you can make it up there to Port Hardy and fish with coastwide sports fishing. But if you can't, you can still get premium wild-caught seafood. And you can order it from Sina Sea Seafood. They catch these fish in the cold waters of Alaska, handle them carefully, package them carefully, and deliver meal-sized portions right to your doorstep. All of the above fish we mentioned. And when it comes to the salmon, we're not only talking about Chinook salmon and coho salmon, we are also talking about the famed Copper River sockeye salmon. A lot of folks say that is the best salmon you will ever find. So if you have a craving for wild-caught, premium-quality seafood, delivered to your door in meal-sized portions. The website to go to is SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. And use the promo code Outdoors Radio for 10% off your entire order. And with that, let's leave this segment the same way we came in with a little music from Mark Keller from his famous Chinook salmon fishing song, Fish On. Get hooked on the outdoors at the 61st Annual Bighorn Show, presented by Lithia Motors, Ziggy's, and Inland Northwest Wildlife Council, March 16th through the 19th at the Spokane County Fairground. There's something for everyone at the Bighorn Show. Visit the trophy territory. Enjoy live music. Go fishing with the kids at Fishing World. Visit with hundreds of outdoor adventure vendors. Learn cooking tips from local celebrity chef Adam Hegstead. Or just kick back and have a cold one at our Sportsman's Lounge. Get your tickets today at bighornshow.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got some more audio for you from the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup. And I'm here with Shane Magnuson. Now, Shane Magnuson is known as one of the best sticks when it comes to catching salmon on the Columbia River. And one of the ways he does it is through the use of scents. And he has become, I'm not sure what the word is, whether I decide him as a, a scent fanatic, a scent guru, Perhaps a scent hoarder is the best because when I first met him, he was using one scent, Graybills. And now he has got all sorts of scents from all sorts of companies that he's invested in. Shane, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you much, John. I appreciate it. So I want to run through the different scents you have, then I'm going to have some questions. Let's start off with the original one from Northwest Bait and Scent, Graybills. Good old Graybills. You know, that started back in the 80s with his salmon scent and steelhead scent, and he took it for a long ways, and then we grabbed onto it in the early 2000s, and here we are. Off we go. Well, and you've been selling them all over the place. What was the next one you invested in? So we worked on expanding Graybills for a long time and, uh, you know, different flavors, sand shrimp, sardine, garlics, that type of stuff. And then after that, uh, then we started looking in the kokanee world. That kokanee fishing, as you know, across the nation is growing huge. And so we hooked up and made a, the Slam and Sam scent and, and went a direction with kokanee and sockeye with Sam Baird. And then 
we decided to start looking at egg cures, and that's you know that's when uh, Zilla Bait came around. <laughs> oh now Zilla Bait, Western Washington Company, used to be owned by somebody else. You bought that one out? Yeah. So Zilla Bait used to be owned by Rich and Kelly Simmons. It was developed in the Chehalis River system. It's been known up and down Western Washington for a little while. It's a product I've used for a long time, and basically they they retired. They moved to Idaho and retired, and it was going to go away. And I, I couldn't let that happen. It's too good of a product. Uh, we should stick with Slam and Sam's sense as well. He's another guide. He fishes the Columbia River. How did you two get no partnership together? You know, Sam and I grew up together. We went to school together. We're both Leavenworth kids. So I we've known know we've known each other since we were little kids running up and down the Wenatchee River Bank. You know, he's four or five years older than me, but yeah, we've uh, we've known each other since since little guys. And you know, there was a period there where we went our own way, but uh, we've reconnected in the scent world and pretty neat little team, really. I think scent hoarder probably is the best definition for you, <laughs> looking at your booth and all these different scents you have. As for where you find these scents, obviously you can find them at the Sportsman Show. You probably sell them out of your boat when you're guiding, but are they in stores, and what stores can they be found in? You know, we try to make sure everybody supports our retailers. That's the biggest thing. Here at the Sports Show, Sportco Outdoor Emporium is our main retailer here, and they do a great job in Fife and Seattle. But if you look up and down the west side of the mountains, you're looking at Three Rivers Marine, Holiday Sports up north. You're looking at Bob Sporting Goods, Fisherman's Marine if you go south. Of course, Hooked on Toys. Done Toys in one hand. She's got all sorts of your scents. Absolutely. And then uh, and then you head out to Tri-Cities. Ranch and Home and Griggs are great retailers for us out there so you know we're spread across and uh, you can always get them off our website but uh, we'd like to support those retailers anything in the spokane area and anything over the border in idaho you know we've got uh, gambles in spokane it's a little sporting goods store some of the sportsman's warehouses get over into idaho uh, Superflies. they sell a lot of our stuff up there out of the sandpoint area and then black sheep also so all sorts of places to buy these scents, whether you're after Northwest Bait and Scents Graybill Formula or Zilla Baits or Slam and Sam's, you can find them. Now, you have to educate me here. We're going from hoarder to guru at this point. <laughs> I, I have always wondered if you can use one scent for all three seasons of salmon fishing, spring, summer, and fall, or do you have to switch it up? You know, that, that's a good question. Actually, I just gave a seminar on this yesterday. As you know, especially in the salmon, steelhead, kokanee, salmonoid world, and really across the board, walleye and bass do the same thing. But all our fish go through cycle, life cycles based on spawn and migration and everything. And what they want based where they're off in their life cycle and also water temp plays a change will change uh, what scent or bite stimulant you may use. And so is there a blanket one that may work real consistently throughout? Yeah, I would say it's our salmon formula. It has anise in it. It's real simple. But you definitely do see it change from ocean fishing where they're liking a lot of herring and krills and cold water stuff to upriver Columbia fishing where they switch into shrimps and garlics and, you know, intense type scents. So there is a change throughout their lifestyle. Let's talk about the use of brine versus the use of scent. When would one be better than the other? So brine is, whether it's a herring brine or an egg cure, and the difference between brine and cure is sugar. Cures have sugar in them. Those are basically just for your baits, to put an ice brine or to toughen up a herring or an anchovy or a cure on your eggs, to put an ice egg cure with a amino acids and bite stimulants in there. 
Scents are what you'd use on your baits after you brine or cure them. So it's you do the brine or cure first, and then use scents on your bait when you go fishing. And of course, you can just use the scents on your hard baits as well. And now Max has got this whole scent flash where you can actually put uh, scent in the flasher, which is pretty ingenious. So yeah, all sorts of applications for this. Anything else that folks ought to know when they're thinking about applying certain scents for salmon or steelhead that you'd recommend that you see people do wrong all the time? You know, kind of reiterate, you know, we're one of those, and you touched on it just a little bit just now, is scent comes in many forms, whether it's oils or gels, that type of stuff. One of the things I I like to tell people is when you're using a a bait oil, a bait oil scent, it's just for that. Use it in your baits, whether it's tuna or eggs or shrimp, because the bait is going to accept it. If you're using hardware, whether it's flashers or spinners or spoons, that's where gels come into play so that it holds on to the scent. And that's, you know, one of the things we try to teach people is the application of both. Great advice from Shane Magnuson. He is the scent guru. He is the scent hoarder. And if you want to get into his hoard of scents, you can go to all the stores he mentioned or go online to his website at northwestbaitandscent.com. That's northwestbaitandscent.com. Check out the lineup, get some scent, catch more fish. Thanks so much, Shane. Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate it. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we're going to talk a little bit about tournament bass fishing in the state of Oregon. We've got the tournament director for Oregon Bass Nation with us, my old friend Ryan Sparks, who is quite a bass stick himself, by the way. Ryan, great to see you again. Thank you for having me back on, John. I appreciate it. So I understand you just fished a tournament, the Frostbite Tournament. Where did that take place and how did you do? Yeah, so we have the Frostbite Tournament down on 10 Mile Lakes. It's kind of the kickoff to the whole Oregon circuit, it seems like, every year. We had about 50 boats turn out to it, and we took fourth place in that, so I was happy with it. As you should be. What is the schedule this year for the Oregon Bass Nation? So we're running four qualifiers is what we call them. So it's kind of to qualify to go to the regionals, and then that qualifies you to go to nationals. So we'll do two on the river. It'll be April 29th and 30th out of Boardman and then Hood River, and then July 22nd and 23rd at 10 Mile and then Silk Goose. All right. And how many boats do you generally get at these tournaments? You know, it's usually around 24, 25 boats at these tournaments. Uh, we're switching up a little bit this year and going to a Wombass style, so it'll be a shared weight. So your boater and non-boater will both be able to catch five fish combined, so that kind of gives a little more camaraderie. The guy on the back of the boat is going to be involved with the guy in the front of the boat, and it's kind of just a team effort, so it makes it a lot of fun. I like that a lot better because, as you know, sometimes as a non-boater, if it's a non-shared weight, the guy who's got the front of the boat and who owns the boat They might not put you in the best place to literally cast and catch a fish. So this way, it's in his best interest to let you do that. Yeah, no, and it's cool because we'll have a championship fish-off, too, for our state qualifier this year. They kind of changed up our nationals a little bit. So on October um, 21st and 22nd, we're going to have our state championship up out of Hood River. So it'll be a cool opportunity to do that and have kind of a big end-of-the-year event where we have a cool championship for the state. Now, Bass Nation is considered kind of the working man's way to make their way to the Bassmaster Classic. Because what is there, two or three people from the championship that actually go to the Classic? Yeah, I think it's either the top four or five that actually go from the Nationals to the Bassmaster Classic. And that's kind of everybody's goal when they start off the year fishing the Bass Nation Series. And folks, some of these guys do really well. Uh, There's been several top ten finishes from Bass Nation anglers. So, yes... The working man does have a chance, and this is a great way to get into it because 
all of your tournaments are on weekends, aren't they? Yes, they are. So we hold the tournaments on Saturday and Sundays. What we did is kind of move them to the river and to the coast so they're real close to each other. So it gives someone the opportunity to go down, spend a night, and not have to drive back and forth and do multiple tournaments. And makes it a little easier on uh, your wallet. Well, we've got the crowds pouring in here, folks, at the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show. The sound level is increasing, so we're going to have to wrap this up. But if folks want to find out more about the Oregon Bass Nation and maybe sign up to fish some of these tournaments, what's the website or Facebook page you should go to? Yeah, so it's Oregon Bass Nation. You can go to the website or you can go on Facebook or Instagram, follow us, and that's where we'll post all the updates and you'll get all the information there. All right. Ryan, always good catching up and good luck on the tournament trail this year. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Get hooked on the outdoors at the 61st Annual Bighorn Show, presented by Lithia Motors, Ziggy's, and Inland Northwest Wildlife Council, March 16th through the 19th at the Spokane County Fairground. There's something for everyone at the Bighorn Show. Visit the trophy territory. Enjoy live music. Go fishing with the kids at Fishing World. Visit with hundreds of outdoor adventure vendors. Learn cooking tips from local celebrity chef Adam Hegstead. Or just kick back and have a cold one at our Sportsman's Lounge. Get your tickets today at bighornshow.com. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. Welcome back. If you're in the market for a new handgun or rifle or optics, you know that Sig Sauer makes some very high-quality products. And you can find those at Sportsman's Warehouse. As a matter of fact, they've got a Sig signature event going on right now where if you spend $100 on any Sig Sauer product in terms of optics or firearms, you get a $10 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. And if you spend up to $3,000, you will get $300 back. That's the limit there. You can't go over that. But that is a nice give back, if you know what I mean. And it's a nice way to upgrade whatever you might have right now. So check it out 
at your local sports warehouse store and take part in the SIG signature event that's going on for a limited time only. And now it is time for your Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week. And it's about a legendary monster that you may or may not find in British Columbia. Now everyone knows about Sasquatch. That's a legend here in the Northwest. But in Okanagan Lake near Penticton, just north of the Canadian border, there is supposedly a sea monster that swims around that big lake. And here's your question. What's the name of that legendary sea monster that's found there? If you know the answer, you know what to do. Just go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio, like and follow our page and give us your answer on the post thread where we have the question, or you can go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com and shoot us an email and give us an answer there and let us know the name of that legendary creature that supposedly swims around Lake Okanagan near Penticton in British Columbia. One lucky person who guesses right will win that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse, which has trail cameras, which you could set up along the lake and maybe catch a picture of this legendary creature yourself. On that note, it is time to go. But until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. 